0: My fellow clubs, River is setting a new standard in Bitcoin. At river.com, you'll pay zero fees when you dollar cost average. Truly the best way to build your Bitcoin wealth. All Bitcoin at River is held in secure cold storage with 100% full reserves. There's no need to wonder what's happening behind the scenes. Your Bitcoin is your Bitcoin to withdraw at any time. Additionally, River lets you make Bitcoin payments via the Lightning Network, offers a Lightning integration for developers, and allows you to mine bitcoin directly to your river account river has a level of service that is unheard of in this industry including phone support private client advisors and the ability to designate beneficiaries to inherit your bitcoin wealth river has become the premium name in bitcoin that anyone can easily access sure you have a place to buy bitcoin but have you tried river See and feel the difference at River.com and the River iOS app, the preferred partner of Bitcoin Magazine. My fellow clubs, today's podcast is also brought to you by Moon Mortgage. As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage makes it possible to materialize your assets into real estate. through the collateralization of mortgages with Bitcoin and other digital assets. Moon Mortgage will be launching lending solutions to allow investors to easily leverage their assets to purchase investments in owner-occupied property. Moon Mortgage's crypto mortgage will be launching soon for home buyers in Texas, Florida, and Colorado, and will also be open to investors in most states across the U.S. for investment properties. Welcome to the future of mortgages. Visit moonmortgage.com today to register and learn more. Moon Mortgage Residential is registered with the NMLS under number 235334. Today's episode is brought to you by Gordon Law Group. If you've tried to do Bitcoin taxes yourself, you know how complicated it is. You can spend hours and hours going through your transactions and researching tax forms and you're still not sure if it's right or if the IRS will come after you. Or maybe you're so intimidated by Bitcoin taxes that you don't even know where to start. Gordon Law Group can help. Ditch the spreadsheets and feel confident with a bulletproof Bitcoin tax return. They can help with IRS payment plans, and they also provide a full range of legal and accounting services for Bitcoin and digital asset startups. Get your taxes done right the first time with the original Bitcoin and digital asset tax pros. Go to GordonLawLTD.com forward slash BTC. As a bonus, they'll send you the ultimate Bitcoin tax guide for free. That's GordonLawLTD.com forward slash BTC
1: really excited to talk about Alex Svetsky's most recent article that he posted to Bitcoin magazine. Really thought provoking. You know, he has a way of provoking thought and and pushing pushing the boundaries. So always interesting to have a conversation with him. And you know, honestly there's just a lot to digest here with the crossroads between Bitcoin and AI and what AI means for Bitcoin, where the signal is as this kind of AI Excitement is fear, flurrying. Really excited to also have Nolan Bowley, who helps us do programming for the Bitcoin conference on stage. He has done a lot of thinking about AI and has been really ahead of the curve and directly correct for a long time around AI. So, Nolan, excited to get your thoughts on on the piece and on Svetsky's kind of commentary and thoughts about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's got the, the dynamic down, right? It's between sort of corporate-trained model versus the more open independently-trained, potentially personal AI, or as I like to call it, an eyeball dynamic. So, I mean, that, that's really what it's about. It's, it's more or less the same argument Bitcoiners would recognize with money and banking. Is it decentralized and open-source as its sort of motivation? Or is it centralized and designed to express an authoritative top-down system? So it either empowers individuals or it suppresses individuals under a top-down system. So I thought the article was great. I mean, you, 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 you like to hear it in the context... Of getting through the noise, as well as of all the, oh, it's going to kill us and eat us and eat our children, or the next best thing, and we're going to do this to make the, all kinds of money. So Svetsky, in his way, you know, found uh, the right, the right tone, which is exactly that conflict: personally trained versus corporate trained.
1: So at Bitcoin 2023, we had some conversations around AI. I know one on the main stage, which you hosted. Do you want to kind of talk about like the intersections of Bitcoin and AI? And, uh, you know, perspective? We, um,
2: at the event, anyway, we, we took a bit of a different approach at Bitcoin 2023. We, instead of, you know, talking about the potential of Large language models, which we know not much about, or the inevitability or lack of inevitability of AGI. Now, remember, the AGI piece is a, a little different as well, because that's not just an engineering problem. That's a bit of a science problem. We haven't quite figured that out yet. The LLMs we get, and those Wait, are so definitely l- uh, uh,
1: forms yeah, what's of
2: AGI? artificial intelligence already, and are probably only going to get better. But that's a, a totally different design and system from AGI, and we're still lacking a little bit of the science to create one of those. So it's not just about applying science in the right way in order to get a result, which is what engineering is all about. A little bit of the discovery is still left. Anyway, we didn't get into those details at the Bitcoin 2023 show because we know nothing about them. What we talked about there was life and the difference between what something being alive and not alive is and... We talked about how Bitcoin can actually be that dividing line for artificial life in the sense that, the and I'm paraphrasing paraphrasing Drew Bonsall who made the argument and the case and and the insight, which is that the difference between chemistry and metabolism, you know, metabolism is sort of chemical processes, but the difference between the two is that one is alive. And metabolism is just chemistry, but of a living organism and held within a living organism, within a cell boundary wall or the skin of a frame and body of a, of a living animal. And what he said is that you could start understanding the motivation to replicate and to self-sustain being the difference between that me- metabolic, the metabolic Peace and just plain chemistry which is just you know two two chemicals interacting and reacting so what he basically the summary of his argument was exactly that that the 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 envelope in which ai would live the the boundary wall its metabolic envelope would be public and private keys just because it shows consent and it shows a way to contain its motivations so to gather bitcoin to use bitcoin to sort of delineate time for it and to get on board with us people so a pretty compelling argument and i think one that that bitcoiners can recognize simply because i think we've all noticed bitcoin can have a a pretty intimate psychological effect on individuals us personally so we'd, we'd like to talk about it in terms of systems and the state and all that stuff, but it does have a big role in our own individual lives. And in summary, that's what we were talking about at, at the show was how Bitcoin can sort of hypnotize AI into being aligned with us. Svetsky, talking about your article. What's up? Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I was
3: that was another call and I didn't realize what the time was, for fuck's sake.
1: It's all good, my man. It happens. Welcome. We're uh, happy
2: to have you, man. Thank yeah, you. Thank
1: you for for contributing this article to Bitcoin Magazine. So give it to
2: us, man. Give it to us. We were given. I was given my breakdown, which was that. Nolan, um, can you can you hear us? You really hit the nail on the head in in making the difference between <laughs> like he a corporate a corporate AI. I had to boot him
0: real quick so that way he can come back up. It looks like he couldn't hear any of us. So yeah, okay. CK, if you want to take a break.
1: Uh, well, Nolan was ripping. Yeah, it seems like he, he couldn't hear the host, which is uh, a weird glitch. But Svetsky, you know, thought-provoking article really kind of like broke down where AI fits with Bitcoin, cut through some of maybe the FUD, cut through some of the hype, uh, and laid the, the, the battlegrounds for where, where kind of you see Bitcoin and AI intersecting into the future why don't you kind of give us a, a quick summation on the inspiration for the article, maybe the, the thesis of it, and then we can, we can kind of uh, discuss the ideas.
3: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, for the last, for the last six months, I've sort of been down this AI rabbit hole and, and, and particularly what caught my attention was less, you know, I know there's all obviously some cool shit with like mid journey and image generation and stuff like that. But what really sparked my attention or caught my attention was the, the language models, because obviously, having a bit of a background in psychology writing language and all that sort of stuff there was there was some things of interest and went down the rabbit hole actually started building on a product where we were we were using a blend of like fine-tuning foundation models and like vector stores embeddings semantic search and all this sort of shit to build to to build what i called true to character models so instead of a model parroting the linguistic style of a persona only it would also emulate the 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 model of the world of a particular persona because you know you can get chat gpt for example hey you know could you please answer this question pretend you're jordan peterson you know the psychologist blah blah and even if you give a good prompt like sure you can get gpt kind of speaking in in sort of like the frame of jordan peterson but you know go go and ask it uh, to remain in that frame and then, you know, ask it the question of what is a woman and it'll start, you know, giving you theories on, you know, non-binary fucking blah, 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 blah. So like the, 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 the soy and the noise is sort of built into these models. So I went out try tried to build an application. We, we called it Mentor AI. And the idea was, uh, could we, could we build a model that really emulated Jordan Peterson? And we, and we like our current one at the moment is like, Fucking way better than a prompt prompted GPT four, but I've kind of we, we've kind of taken everything that we learned and we're doing something really interesting in another dimension, which I'll which I'll announce in the in the coming weeks. But basically, we we just learned a bunch through this process, and for me, it was really interesting to kind of get under the hood and try and understand what these language models are. And there, there's a couple of funny funny, I guess uh realizations that i had along the way and just like watching how people are so quick to anthropomorphize a tool essentially that they can communicate with because we've we've actually never really communicated with anything other than human beings or fucking parrots really that have been able to string together a seemingly coherent sentence before so people automatically project all these things like oh it's intelligent oh it's conscious oh it's this oh it's that and it's like you know, my argument, like, the the more I've actually gone and looked under the hood of this stuff, I'm like, no, we're actually dealing with probability machines. And actually, what we didn't realize, like, if you go back and read that stupid book, Superintelligence by Nick Bostrom, you know, he makes the claim that, you know, lang- solving language is a, a complete problem. And, you know, by the time we solve language, we'll have, you know, had superintelligence. Eh, turned out, motherfucker, you were completely wrong, bro. Like, a lot of these nerds just think that we're going to, you know, build consciousness out of the circuits, which as i said the more i go into this thing the more i think that that's a big load of shit and, and anyway i guess what what i sort of want to make clear here is that there's these these probability machines and you know language as a problem seems to be some sort of probabilistic pattern you know pattern like structure so so it, i think it's not as close to consciousness as we as we originally thought If anything, that's what I believe these findings show. But I kind of wanted to pull the attention back to like, you know, everyone's kind of, I don't know, just AI just feels like fucking Web3 and like blockchain all over again. Like every Tom, Dick and Harry is just throwing the word around. Like particularly with all the crypto bros, like, you know, they were doing DeFi, they were doing Web3, now they're doing AI and it's like fucking cringe. And just seeing them all like have, you know, wet dreams about, having girlfriends that are ai's and stuff like that was just driving me mental and i just wanted to write an article to say hey don't lose sight of actually what's important here like ai is a tool and i mean sure maybe 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 one day we reach some you know we we figure out how to create our own consciousness but to think that we're anywhere near that is like some weird blend of arrogance ignorance and hubris honestly like you know, it, we, we have no idea even how to define fucking intelligence, let alone what complex general intelligence is, let alone what consciousness is, which is a completely different topic. And, you know, just because we've got machines that we can essentially, that can string a coherent sentence together, you know, doesn't mean that AGI is around the corner. So I kind of wanted to, this article actually lines up the next one that I'm about to publish, which actually talks about where I think the real danger is. and I, And I touch on it in this article, which is, Irrespective of whether AGI or anything like that is is true or not, AI tools are extraordinarily powerful. Anyway, I mean, we've been using AI tools for, for a decade now, and you know they're getting better and better. The the problem still remains the same as it was five years ago, and the same as it was ten years ago. It's if the tools are in the hands of some sort of centrally coordinated bureaucratic regime, it becomes a you know a, a an asymmetry like there there is a you know ai is a weapon it's a tool or sorry any tool can be used as a weapon and as a powerful tool it can be used as a powerful weapon and if you a give that tool to you know this sort of same bureaucratic morons who thought that you could stop a virus by locking people in their houses if you if you give them the same tool you got to potentially bad outcome and then also as with most tools whether it was computers social media all that sort of stuff if you overlay that onto a fiat like culture all you're going to do is just amplify the fiat like culture even more and and that's kind of probably the the key takeaway of this part part of the article is bitcoin's just become even more important with this with this ai quote-unquote revolution because this is just going to amplify everything and you know you if you start with stupid you're just going to get a hell of a lot more stupid you know if you have some soundness then you know you got the chance to get more soundness so it's just made the bitcoin imperative even more so anyway I'll, i'll just stop there for a second but that was me trying to pull on a couple of the threads from the article
2: yeah one of those things about violence that you were talking about And just using a system to leverage or stop change. An amazing thing happened this yesterday, I think in Japan, related to this, where now said that copyright won't apply to AI, which is really interesting because you're going to start seeing a lot more of like these remixes of American corporate intellectual property. And it looks like Japan is going to provide sort of a framework for some people to start doing that, like remixing movies. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of like one of these, you know, the the head eating the tail type of things, because like you're talking about the perpetuation of fiat culture, you might have the further watering down of fiat culture if these copyright laws fail. And, And you can start seeing, you know, like off trademark batman movies and star wars stuff and so the sort of cultural beacons if you will uh could be threatened by this exact spirit inside of fiat which i think is fun you know it's hilarious it might happen
3: so so what you're referencing there is kind of like this shit basically the, the noise kind of makes the noise so deafening that they kind of end up making themselves irrelevant in the process because you know the, the substrate is basically noise in the first place
2: yeah and, e- and even just yeah and and i guess i could take it even further you, you ever heard that saying that that when we realize ai is alive uh, we'll realize we're not and when you were talking about human intelligence and all that are you telling me an ai can't actually equal an NPC in terms of scripted language and how their brain functions. Like even seeing AI up close is going to convince enough people that we're living with AI all the time, every day, everywhere around us, that we can have that many people who their entire response to anything you ask them is so predictable and canned that uh, how are they any different than an AI? I already saw a thing where they're going to make the NPCs in games trained with AI we're not gonna be able to tell the difference pretty soon
3: dude this is this is so funny yeah yeah yeah. this is so funny because i i haven't finished writing this article but i called it midwit obsolescence technology but i said you know the probably the the funniest part out of and the funniest most ironic part which you just nailed it there is that the the kind of people who are building these these more generalized language models like they're they they're gonna basically eliminate the need for the existence of this middle of the bell curve monkey that is as you said the NPC that doesn't think for themselves anyway. It's like, it's the funniest shit ever. So like these journalists that you know write a lot but don't say nothing, etc. 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 All these like the, basically the bullshit jobs that are that are you know content driven and all the copying and all that kind of stuff. It just really becomes obsolete. So it's just it's funny and it's ironic and I, I actually it makes. It makes it makes signal that much more valuable in some sense because like if you've got something really out there or unique or different to say or to do, you'll actually get noticed because you know the, the milieu is going to be so like it's, it's gonna be all the same shit, and just homogenized and generalized.
2: Well indeed you know Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin, is learned better by contrast. So not oh, Bitcoin is 21 million coins. That, that that's all positive affirmations of what it is. But that kind of comes after you sell the other side of the trade, which is to to sell Clown World, and and to dump your dollars and and turn your back on on that system. So that there's that contrast that is really leads people to Bitcoin. And I think the same effect can happen in AI. You can you can right away imagine how being an npc is is going to be a much more stinging insult that your job is npc that you don't actually do anything in your work cuz you know like pe- people get a lot of satisfaction out of physical labor and if that's what ai can actually achieve that people return to more hands-on jobs you know i worked in the service industry for years there's no better feeling than finishing a shift as a waiter like it's just the best right like jobs over pocket full of cash it's great and you don't get that feeling in in a lot of white collar jobs you know
3: totally totally i actually spoke about this with with trav parabolic trav on spaces a couple months ago actually and i said that you know there's a huge opportunity for people that carpenters, people that are like plumbers, people that are actually working with their hands and doing stuff. There's going to be major opportunities for those because, you know, number one, it's going to just, it's going to be needed. And, and, and in many ways, maybe, maybe the whole, you know, software eating is eating the world, you know, ends up sort of being software, just eat software. And like the, the, the focus of innovation that we've had in that space kind of almost in a sense takes care of itself you know with programs building programs where we then as humans start to put our focus more in like can we can we do things in the in the physical world and start innovating in atoms i don't know that's a that's a obviously much deeper question and stuff like that but I, i i like that thread for sure
4: thank you miami for the last three years in this amazing city the whole world shut down but Miami welcomed us with open arms. We want to show Bitcoin to the whole world. We are taking the conference on the road to set the stage for Bitcoin in a new city, Nashville. Bitcoin 2024 is coming to Nashville in Tennessee, a city that is known as a music and freedom city. Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville from July 25th to 27th.
0: If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, then you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's a free and a paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts Dylan Leclaire, Dr. Jeff Ross, and Sam Rule break down what's going on in the market so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com.
2: Yeah. Are you familiar with any of Brian Romell's work? Have you noticed what he's been doing about training personal AI and stuff like that? Yeah, we, we've spoken a couple of
3: times, Brian and I, you know, he's doing his whole super prompting stuff and things like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with this stuff.
2: Yeah, he calls it the human path of AI development, which which I think Bitcoiners would recognize as mm-hmm. sort of the peer-to-peer model, right? Because not everyone's a peer. It's based on the old British system. Those were just the lords, right? The peers were the ones who did Magna Carta. It wasn't everybody. It was just some people. And that's what I think your article did really well, is that it does tell everyone that this is a tool and that it is our responsibility to use these tools individually as we can. Yeah, and, and I just...
3: I guess to emphasize the tool piece is that I think it's, it's very tricky when, I mean, even, even the word artificial intelligence is a tricky one because as I said earlier, it's like, it's, it's just so hard to even put a finger on, you know, what intelligence is. Like I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, you know, the the intelligence of the human body is just something, you know, we we're so far from, from understanding, like, you know, why is it that, you know i look at my wife and i'm aroused like you know there's like an intelligence there that is so much deeper than what we can that we know is like even cognitive intelligence right because like i mean cognitive intelligence alone we still can't figure out what the fuck it is like you know what part of the brain brain creates the mind like what is the mind and all that sort of stuff so like leaving that question aside but things like you know hormones and things like, you know, our biochemistry, things like, you know, muscular intelligence, like all that, those sort of layers of intelligence, like is, is general intelligence, like a function of the fact that all of those things come together in some sense. Like, I, I don't think we have any fucking clue, you know, what, what, you know, how, how to define intelligence. And then, and then you've sort of got like the timescales of intelligence, like, you know, plants for example, operate on different timescales than, than animals do in terms of our, you know, the, like animals generally have a nervous system and signals travel faster on nervous system than plants without a nervous system. So, so there's, you know, different ty- kinds of intelligences there. Like if, if anything, like the world is actually, a, you know, one big artificial intelligence experiment. And I, I, I just feel like we the word AI gets thrown around too easily because we, yeah, we, we, we've automated very narrow tasks. And in even, even to me, the more I play with language models, the more I realize how narrow language as a concept is, at least in the, in the realm of intelligence that, I don't know, like, I think we need some new, some new naming conventions here to, to help make more sense of this.
2: Well, I, I, th- I think what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that idea of intelligence and not understanding the, the physical, biological side of intelligence. You know, something I've learned since this whole AI thing, even just in, in let's, let's talk at the projecting out the increased cognitive abilities or cognition of brain surgeons or some of these really high performing people in, in spe- spe- highly specialized fields. So at Bitcoin 2023, I happened to be sitting with a brain surgeon and I was telling him some of the stuff I've learned because of AI. For example, memories that are transferred in the body from organ transplants. Did you know that? That you can have like a kidney transplant and if it's from, you know, whatever
4: things yes. happen. Yes, you know, like, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 crazy,
2: crazy, 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 crazy. And, and that there are actual brain cells in your heart. And and so the way we've sort of divided up medicine now required this specialization. So you did develop highly specialized brain surgeons. But AI is just the type of tool that could smash those specialized barriers down because it's not the AI necessarily doing it, but individuals who now have just totally different connections and things they wouldn't have seen and and capacities and you know even even to bring it back to bitcoin you know i I argued years ago because you remember the early days of bitcoin when you go and you give a thing bitcoin is this and blah blah blah, and then everyone would raise their hand at the end of the show any questions and they'd all say what about ai and quantum computers so you had to start learning about it right in those and i had to come up with an answer and that was within the scaling debate and at the time I sort of had a flash that actually there is a way where if everyone had their own AI that they trusted and trained themselves and was, was beholden to them individually, and, and they could then operate as cognitive scaling for Bitcoin, and Bitcoin would behave almost as like rhinestones again, where we would offload the scaling of Bitcoin to an increased cognition of the users because the wallet managers, basically the AI, were so strong and powerful that they could help us do that. So all I mean to say here is just that part about the tool and what it can do for the actual strong participants in society. And, of course, Bitcoiners amongst them have the highest concentration of playable characters of any social group in the world today.
3: I mean, I guess so that's it means always a lot been for the us. case with
2: tools, right? I guess that's always been the case
3: with tools. It's like the, those who can wield the tools get get a greater advantage versus, versus those who can't, correct?
2: absolutely yeah
3: yeah yeah so i think it's and that's kind of why i wanted to that's probably another takeaway from the article is that it's like it's it's no different than i mean it may maybe in magnitude it might be different but in terms of like you know when we got computers or when we've got smartphones and all that sort of stuff like it's a it's it's a it's an amplifier again it's like i, I think it's just as i said it's just very, very easy to fall into the trap that it, oh, you know that this is now, you know, the world's going to change. We're going to live with another species next to us, and you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, like we we we're just so quick to anthropomorphize. But I I just fundamentally think it's just as you said another tool, and it's yeah I I feel like there's just so much fud around it purely because the word intelligence, which is completely undefined, just gets thrown around too quickly, and then couple that with the fact that we're able to type into a box and then the box speaks back. We're like, oh my God, it's alive. And then we, we, we kind of project incorrectly what this might become. And, and look, where I see the biggest dangers is like, I'll, I'll give a glimpse into the next article I'm about to write. It's called Language User Interfaces, Approved Speech and, and something else. I can't remember what the hell the, the title was. But essentially the, the idea is that, hey, Look, there is there is a big paradigm shift here and, and from what I can tell, one of the big paradigm shifts is this kind of movement towards a new kind of interface through which we interact with applications. So, you know, we went from punch cards to kind of like the the CLI to the to the GUI, you know, pointing and clicking at stuff, then we went tapping with our thumbs. And I think this decade we're basically gonna be talking to applications. And again, you know, when you're talking to an AI it doesn't mean the AI is sentient or it's conscious or it's alive or any of that sort of stuff, but it you know through through some sort of uh, you know semantic probability engine you know it is able to execute functions based on you speaking to it now what's interesting about this is when we look at what the internet was when it first came out it was this it was this kind of like cyberspace realm of different ideas like you know i kind of think of it as an idea university or a, you know or oh, sorry an idea universe or a, you know ideaiversity or something and you know, search and social media transformed the internet in, and in many ways made it more useful because, you know, search made made it more searchable and social media, you know, created a new layer of connections. But what happened over time is obviously sort of like algorithms kind of took over and basically the you, you had a narrowing. Like th- these days, if you just ask Google something, like Google will tell you essentially the answer. And, you know, it was the same with like the whether it was the lockdowns it's the same with like you know tell me what you know 2% inflation means and all this sort of stuff so it's like kind of knowledge is being funneled through a through a screen and, and and the user interface is essentially another name for 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 the screen right and my my one of my fears with with ai and i think this is a more what i call like a real risk versus you know the the fake agi risk which i think is a red herring is i see the real risk as you take if you take this idea of the language user interface and you you project it forward and you say okay over the next decade like more and more applications more and more ways in which we get knowledge like you won't search on Google anymore like you just ask your model like you you'll ask GPT or something similar hey you know what's the answer to this and I mean. How many of us actually like, you know, click on the references even on Google? Like, we ain't gonna fucking click on no references. Like what the model tells us is gonna become our reality. It's gonna become the screen through which we learn about and perceive the world. And that's fine, but if you if where where it gets dangerous is where you hear all this stuff about AI safety, right? And this this fucking word safety just drives me crazy. We saw what safety did to the world over the last three years, right? And you know, you you see it popping up again in in all the AI circles. Like you got that guy, I can't remember his name, like I think it's Gary Marcus or something like oh maybe I'm no, that that's someone else, I think. Anyway, it's it's someone I think his name's Marcus something, but you know, he's like a apparently like a, a an AI lobbyist and supposed expert or whatever. And he's calling for basically the development of a, a UN like body to help regulate AI because the dangers that the world is going to face because AGI could come and kill us all. Like for me, that is such a fucking load of shit. The the reason behind doing that is such a load of shit. I, I think they know that people easily hysterical over something that they can't define or can't grasp similar to climate change. And then what you're talking about here is you're developing a regulatory body to essentially police language or police speech or to police language models, which is essentially the, the, the means via which people will get their information, how they will learn about the world, how they will understand the world, how they'll perceive the world is going to run through a series of filters for quote unquote toxicity or quote unquote safety. Right. And what, what you end up getting is kind of like a Orwellian wet dream, which is you almost incept uh, ideas to everybody. Like, you know, what, what is acceptable and safe knowledge for everybody. And you kind of slowly by slowly homogenize the entire world. So when I think about like AI risk, I think that is like a real risk that if we end up with, you know, safety committees on what can be said or done with these AIs, like th- that, that becomes real fucking risk. Not the, not the emergence of AGI. I think that's like a a nice cover for, for what this real thing is. So, you know, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but, But, uh,
2: but yeah, listening to them suggesting they have the capacity to ban X and permit Y is getting more and more laughable, especially when you see it in terms of this AI stuff. And in the end, you know, the the ability to regulate it, of course, is going to be tough as heck. But I think what you're saying is it, it comes down to the business model on which the ai gets developed if it is corporate trained ai it you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be esg motivated but that's why the decentralized model that bitcoiners recognize both in terms of most institutions we see in the world should be applied to the development of ai as well and it's it's really just bitcoiners same old argument we have to compete economically
3: totally like this is the this is i agree it's going to be very hard for them but I guess this is where the the push between like CBDCs and then the push for like a you know a global identity and maybe even like a you know if you want to access the internet you'll need to put in your CBDC ID number and your you know whatever ID etc to kind of use the internet and now the internet like that you're using the interface is just the chat screen and you know, you talk into this model and this model is one of the approved models and stuff like that so it's kind of like a it's a I mean it's it's a clear and present danger in that sense like we, we we are doing something about it and it's just it's just it's funny to watch my I guess my my concern is like how how many alternatives do we have and how easily accessible are those alternatives for people because like you know sure you've got uncensored internet like that you can access through tor and stuff like that but how many people really use that right how many people really go beyond the first page in google right like how many people are mm-hmm. using nosta versus twitter and stuff like that so 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 there is like a almost like a network effect is not the right word but like a default that people seem to go to and I guess, as you said, the, the way—I mean, the way to combat that is obviously to build alternatives, to make the alternatives better, and then those of us with the alternatives essentially become more, more powerful, more, more salient, more useful, et cetera. And then, you know, in time, the economics works itself out. But anyway, I just, just kind of want to point to that as a thing because I, I just feel like when it's, it'll be very easy for people to get freaked out into believing that we're going to have agi pop up or superintelligence pop up and like machines compete with humans and be smarter than us or some shit like is it but as if there's some sort of conscious entities and and i honestly think that that's a bullshit narrative being used to get people to vote for or to instantiate these these safety committees and to basically put put the flavor of oh you know what like kind of same thing that the mainstream does with bitcoin you know bitcoins for drug dealers bitcoins for criminals bitcoins for money launderers etc you know that you know that other ai like if you're not using chat gpt you know you're going to be getting misinformation you know it's like it's a lie it's it's wrong you know you're going to be it's toxic this that whatever the case is until they can try and like more heavily ban it so so anyway i think there's just some considerations but as you said for them it's like playing whack-a-mole and for us you know we need to just you know spin up many moles so that they can keep whacking and not have the time to, to get us
1: yeah hey Nolan and Spety can you guys hear me yeah man yep yeah it's been a, it's been a really fascinating conversation and I'm kind of curious like we've been opining on like what the regulators are gonna do obviously folks on this panel you know don't think that they have the ability or capacity to you know to regulate anything appropriately can we move into talking about like what Potentially, the future looks like with AI and Bitcoin. In the article, Svetsky, you had some pretty strong claims in, into like where the value of AI is going to accrue. And then Nolan, obviously, you you see AI as being a part of how people will interface with Bitcoin holistically. So maybe let's go with you, Alex, first, and then Nolan. You can react and add some some color.
3: So what what's what's the specific question for me again?
1: Yeah. So you know, how do you see you know you obviously you paint this picture of like we have corporate ai's we have to you know there's gonna be other developments and 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 use cases in which you know people develop or or create you know self-sovereign ai you know how does this all fit in with bitcoin moving into the future
3: yeah i mean I, I just should note that i don't have a problem with corporate AI. i don't have a problem with open AI. i have a problem with you know people like l- let's say i have a problem with you know Some UN sanctioned fucking AI that is considered safe. And then I also have a problem with people talking about, oh, yeah, our AI is unbiased. And then I also have a problem with people lying about, oh, you know, AGI is around the corner. So we must, you know, get together and make things safe. And, and, and like that kind of shit just drives me crazy. So, so I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with businesses spinning up and just building competing AIs and just say, hey, fuck, you know, we've got this AI here. And like, you know, this, our one is called Chad GPT. And if you want to ask, you know, if you want to fucking GPT to help you insult people or whatever, by all means, come and use us. We're toxic as fuck, you know, like whatever, like let, let, let them compete. Like that's kind of, you know, I, I think in many ways, this sort of, you know, a healthy AI revolution would see many competing AI modules and products. Because I think you, I don't, I don't believe in once again, like the idea of general, AIs or super intelligent AIs, because I think you end up running into scaling problems. I think, in in many ways, nature kind of figured out peak intelligence with us. Honestly, like I think, as you as you as you generalize intelligence more, you have to have governance layers in between to kind of almost manage intelligence. And the more you do that, the more sort of inherent bureaucracy you build into stuff. And and I'm I'm not sure that we'll ever have you know machine driven general intelligence once again so 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 i think yeah just just to clarify that's that's sort of where my issue is and then where it interfaces with bitcoin i think it's less of a i mean i'm sure there's going to be some sort of technical interfacing you know in the future we'll probably talk to our bitcoin wallets instead of uh, instead of tapping on a screen and stuff like that so i'm sure there'll there'll be there'll be things like that 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 occur but for me it's more about bitcoin once again being very very foundational in what it does to a civilization like it it makes the it makes the playing field one in which a different set of rules guide us right so right now if you want to win in life you better think about how to be a cantillionaire right like how how to, how to get to get a benefit from the current incentives in the system so hey let me become a central banker if i can't become a central banker let me get into politics if i can't get into that let me figure out how to get into wall street and if i can't do that like so, so basically the smart people do that you know the npcs kind of do what the npcs do and then the people who have skill and talent but let's say they they don't want to play or align with that racket they either get angry they give up you know you know they find bitcoin luckily so that's a release valve right but in the absence of bitcoin it would be pretty a pretty nihilistic world to live in when the only way you can win is by sort of selling your soul and then that's kind of like the function of the current world and then what that leads us to is you know building useless things creating useless jobs bullshit jobs like and, and basically adding to the noise and my i guess my viewpoint on the relationship with between Bitcoin and AI is once again comes back to what I said about amplifying earlier. Is if we've got a a world in which the economic incentives are such that there's there's less there's less desire just to cheat to win, basically, to be a piece of shit to win, right? Like so right now you, you just rig the game to win because that's that's how you win. If there's less of that, my guess is that will amplify better elements of civilization through AI. So, so I don't know if that answers your question really well, dude, but that's kind of where my thinking comes.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I hear it's, it's pretty in alignment with what I'm thinking about it. You know, when I when I ask myself, like, we're, we're kind of, you know, when you see these implants and brain implants and we're going to be cyborgs and, and all of that stuff, I mean, I just don't buy it. And the reason I, I guess I don't is because we're already doing it, and we didn't have to have any implant. Like your cell phone, your you know social media in your hand, it's already chemically altering you. Like it's delivering dopamine on cue. You're already interfacing it with it in a way that's changed your metabolism. Right? It's already involved in your metabolic systems. And totally. Yeah, I mean, and and so. You know, one of the brilliant things Satoshi did is he just admitted human nature the way it was. He's not asking humans to change in order for Bitcoin to work. We can be just as depraved, just as selfish, just as greedy as we always were, and Bitcoin will run just fine. And, and so in so many ways, you have to sort of count on human beings integrating more with technology and what i see in terms of benefits are especially if you can train your own ai if your ai really is something that you raise yourself like a tomodachi like a like like a living thing i'm i'm, I'm saying it like a living thing that you love the thing about it is it's gonna love you back differently than anything else would have because you know you, you hear all these different prescriptions out there and and psychological help in the end what really matters is someone listening to you just a little bit of empathy in the end that's what makes people feel better just saying it out loud and getting it off their chest whatever it is right whatever thing is really stressing someone out often just saying it out loud is the thing and so you're finally going to be dealing with a totally non-judgmental piece of technology if it develops along the human path like i hope and, you know, what dating apps have done to mating right now, like men are getting wiped out out there in the dating scene, just destroyed. And some are doing well, some aren't. And loneliness in the end is one of these really pervasive societal problems that we've developed now. And and COVID made it that much worse. It really preyed on that whole element. So there's a huge appetite out there. And then Bitcoin fits into it simply because this is sort of something you love. And the only connection, the only thing that it's the only, the only thing that's missing in our dimension is time. And that's where the time chain thing comes in. Sorry, I was getting a call. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you mean by non-judgmental? Oh, look, no matter what, even with your own spouse, they tell you their problems. Somewhere in your mind, you're going, well, I've also got problems. right?" Like We're all sort of, no matter who it is in our life, we're all a little bit tuned to ourselves. We're just built that way. And so judgmental simply means not making it relative to themselves. A hundred percent attention. A hundred percent attention. It's not like, a, I don't mean it in like, we love you for who you are type of thing. That's not what I mean. Right. I don't, I don't think that's what you're getting. I think the thing can tell you the hard truth. Like you're, you need to work out. You need, yeah. Good. Yeah, your, 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 your dopamine yeah, yeah. is really low. You've been, you shouldn't watch porn. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's going to tell you things like yeah. that. But I don't mean no, no, no. It's not love you for who you are stuff. It's not tolerance. It's not that. Okay, bad. cool. Yeah, yeah,
3: I, I to, yeah, I wanted to, clarify no, no, that no. because I think yeah, judgment is like very important. I think we've, you know, yeah, in the in the modern society, we've, as you said, we we've kind of glorified the participation award, and in the absence of judgment, like anything goes, and it's just like a, it's a recipe for weakness and stupidity, right? But yeah, okay, that that makes sense. It's kind of so maybe maybe it's like uh, attention is maybe a better word there. Yeah, it's
2: the empathy it's yeah. it's the it's the listening ear like i said you know all you really need is mm-hmm. that and and so the way a lot of this in, in you know in my idea is more or less that it, it can help develop our third eye in the sense and I, I even call them eyeballs that's sort of the interface i imagine because indeed like you said like the whole world of apps for example now in the user interface that was a scheme to make the app stores money That that was it like the only reason why we when I say message someone, I, what is it, telegram, is it signal, is it a DM, is it a phone call, is it WhatsApp, you know, there's there's too many choices. And that was all a, a, an economic scheme based on the incentives and all these different logins and all of these different things. Of course, in the future, you'll just tell your eyeball, you know, hey, send Bitcoin to that person, then get me in touch with that person. You're done. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Setsky, we have about 10 more minutes here. want to kind of maybe wrap up the the finishing thoughts around this idea, maybe tease, you know, what's coming next in the next couple weeks with your writing passing it over to you.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've said enough of what I'm going to say at this point. Like, you know, unless anybody, you know, has any, if we want to do any Q and A or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of see the sort of, three pillars here maybe I'll touch on this piece it's like in the nest there's a there's a tweet which attaches to a thread and the sixth part of the thread is saying like you know we're in the midst of a a global ai arms race on the one side of safe generalist ai's and they sort of live in the realm of you know iris scanning cbdcs and mainstream education like so so you've sort of got that world and then you have this other world where we've got you know bitcoin is like a core component of that and then i think we you know in that framework, we need to think about holistic, holistic education because I think the whole education space is something that'll change, and I think AI will be part of that actual process. You know, personalization I think is going to, going to have an opportunity to really increase. And it's and it's really interesting here. It's like you've got you've got personalization and generalization happening at the same time, and it's it's very they're almost so close in the realm of AI that we just need to be, like, mindful about which one we're getting, right? Because you might feel that something is personalized, but it might be personalized to your language, but it's kind of telling you the same thing as somebody else is being told because it's, you know, within an acceptable Overton window. So we've got to be be super careful there, I think, or maybe not super careful as, like, too extreme but like we've got to be cognizant of this sort of stuff as individuals and yeah once again it's like you know you either become a slave to technology or you you kind of wield the technology it's, it's always been the case and I, I just think that you know bitcoin is just who, who they are in general the kind of people that bitcoin attracts and the kind of kind of personas like we have a chance to treat this stuff a just look at it differently, and then B ideally just build the toolkits around it or with it that are that are of a different flavor that give us an option outside of where the mainstream seems to want to be heading with these kind of tools, like you know more safety, more regulation, more identity, more iris scanning, more of that sort of stuff versus all of these other alternatives that we're trying to build, and and I think. Yeah, it's just, it's just imperative that Bitcoiners and people with a Bitcoin ethos start to think about what they can do for, uh, for that area of influence. Like, can, can, we do, can we build tools that are alternatives, essentially?
1: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the idea of like, building your own AI, training your own AI, self-sovereign AI not our, you know, maybe even competing corporate AI, AIs, it's all, it, it's just so new. And, you know, I, I think that the point that you make about, you know, you either wield the technology or, or it enslaves you is, is, is definitely very apt. So appreciate you coming on. I definitely am excited to have more of this thinking and writing on Bitcoin Magazine. And, you know, Bitcoin 23 was the first time that, you know, we've had AI related content at the events. I think that that's going to continue. So, you know, next year, Bitcoin 2024 and, you know, this fall, Bitcoin Amsterdam, we're definitely looking to dive deeper into, you know, the intersections of Bitcoin AI and, you know, and how we can make sure that, you know, these general purpose tools, these language models, all of these things are built in the way that our sovereignty first.
3: Yeah, well, hopefully by Amsterdam, I'll have something really cool ready that is like the ultimate a union of bitcoin and ai at least a demo which will be which would be cool
1: all right exciting stuff well svetsky again thanks for for chatting everyone requesting sorry you know i don't think we we don't have enough time to do a proper Q and A, and we got to close it up here at the 30 minute mark so i think we'll wrap it here but we'll have svetsky we'll have you on again once you publish this next article and looking forward to whatever you have shipping for sure, for sure.
3: Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm a little bit, you can probably hear from my voice a bit sick today. Fucking been pushing, burning the midnight oil for a little while. So appreciate everyone's time.
1: Absolutely. Well, hey, this recording is is native on Twitter. We also will be posting it to the ma- Bitcoin Magazine podcast feed and YouTube. So you can all find it there in a couple of days. Svetsky, thanks so much again. And everyone have a good one. Keep stacking, sad. Stay humble out there.
4: Thanks, bro. Thank you, Miami, for the last three years in this amazing city. The whole world shut down, but Miami welcomed us with open arms. We want to show Bitcoin to the whole world. We are taking the conference on the road to set the stage for Bitcoin in a new city. Nashville. Bitcoin 2024 is coming to Nashville in Tennessee, a city that is known as a music and freedom city. Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville from July 25th to 27th.
0: Plebs, if you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, then you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's a free and a paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts, Dylan LeClaire, Dr. Jeff Ross, and Sam Rule break down what's going on in the market so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com.